Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, this is The Bright Side with Technisha. A daily broadcast on real-life issues that will keep you motivated. And now, here's your host, Technisha. I'm going to get this song to all the lovers tonight. And I expect that might be the whole world because everybody needs something or someone to love. When it's cold outside, who are you holding? You know, if y'all don't mind, I'd like to talk about this woman of mine.
Good afternoon, everyone. I'm back to tune in to another episode of The Bright Side with Technicia. And bless you all for being here with me again on another gorgeous day in Atlanta, Georgia. I had to play Bobby Womack because he was a legendary soul singer. He died at the age of seven today. And his record company, XL Records, confirmed that the cause of death is currently unknown. The singer's career spans seven decades and included 80s hit, If You Think You're Lonely Now. And he began his career in the early 1960s as the lead singer of his family musical group, the Valentinos. He was also Sam Cooke's backing guitarist. In the late 60s, Womack went solo. In 1968, he signed with Mint Records and recorded his first solo album, Fly Me to the Moon, which included his first major hit with a cover of the Mamas and the Papas, California Dreaming. He would go on to collaborate with music notables Gabriel Zabo, George Benson, Sly and the Family Stone, Janis Joplin, and Pearl. He would later leave Mint and sign with United Artists, where he released the album Communication. He would earn the, his first top 40. That's the way I feel about you. Bobby Womack was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame a year earlier in 2009. And since this is Black Music Month, our dedication went out to him today. So I much love to a, a, to the biggest commercial successful man ever who started in 1970s, and he rocked it on for us until now. So we lost another legend, and I, oh, it's just so hard when you lose a good one. But anyway, to keep you motivated, I have my guest back on. Remember Hogan Healing when we talked about when divorce do us part? Yeah, he's back again, right? And I know Father's Day is over, but... You know, you can't never forget about our father or mother. I wish the holidays could keep going on and on, but 
you know, they only make it one day. But still, if you got a father or mother out there, please do honor them. It's nothing like having your mother or father by your side. I lost my father when I was seven years of age, and it's just not the same. No one can replace that moment. But anyhow, I'm here with Hogan Helen, as I said before, and he has a new release out. It's called Dad's Behaving Badly. I mean, Dad's Behaving Badly. I'm sorry. See, I said I wasn't going to mess it up, but obviously I did, so forgive me for that part. But, Hogan, how are you doing today? I'm glad that you're back on our show and you got this great, awesome book out, and we're focusing on Dad. Hey, Technicia. Great to be back on your show, and uh, it's a pleasure, and thanks for having me. And I really appreciate you addressing fatherhood even after Father's Day. Right. And I wish that we could do Father's Day and Mother's Day, but, oh, and I think it's Grandparents' Day, too. I wish yeah. that we could celebrate them every day, but we don't have to worry about a holiday. That's something that you should do regardless. Honor The Bible said, honor thy mother and father, and, you, and your days should be prosperous. You don't disrespect your mother and father. Be thankful for the ones yeah. who really have a father out there doing their job because, we all have seen the media, and the media just, they really just shake it up. They, I mean, they, they give you this doofus dad trope like Peter Griffin or the Homer Simpson type. And you know what I liked about Chris Rock Hogan when he mentioned in one of his stand-ups, he said that he was tired of hearing dumb African-American men brag about themselves taking care of their kids. And he mm-hmm. said, you're supposed to. That's That's not something that... You know, that's not bragging rights. That's something that you are supposed to. That's an honor to have a child. We get, I get tired of mine. I'll be wanting to just throw them somewhere and, and pass them on. But that was my choice. That was my responsibility. And I'm just glad that you have this book out focusing on dads who we don't focus on. We rather look at the negative stuff. Oh, he's a dad be dad. He don't pay child support. But we don't look at stuff that the great dads out here doing, really working with their children, spending time with them. Some of them are single, and, and they didn't yeah. choose to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got some low-down ones too, Hogan, that want to do that and try <laughs> to get all the break right. Oh, I'm taking care of mine. She loved me. All right, whatever. But for the ones who are doing your job, I commend you. You keep on doing it. But um, we're going to let Hogan tell us a little bit more about his book, if you don't mind, Hogan. Oh, sure, Technicia. Um, yeah, thanks for this opportunity to uh, to talk about the bright side of fatherhood. And um, like you noted, so much attention is focused on this image that the media has portrayed in our culture about there's this notion that there are more bad dads than good dads out there. And that's far right. from the truth, and that's the reason why I wrote this book is because um, I observed over the 20-some years that I was a father, that there were that the good dads far outnumber the bad dads. And um, <clears throat> the title of the book is Dads Behaving Dadly, D-A-D-L-Y, and um, that 40-inch slip you had at the beginning of the show is, is a common uh, occurrence. And the reason for that is, I think, because we are so indoctrinated with this whole notion that when... Uh, men become dads, that they are inept, incompetent, bumbling idiots, et cetera, et cetera, that we've kind of bought into that. Not only have the men, but also the um, the moms. And I'm trying to change that. Um, and what I did was um, uh, I invited dads from across the country, uh, in Canada and Australia, uh, to submit stories to share their feelings about what it means to be a dad. And I'll tell you that the stories are just unbelievable. I was so 
I, they, these guys exceeded my expectations. It's just the fact that they got involved uh, dispelled one of the stigmas that men don't want to share their feelings. Well, these guys not only shared their feelings, they wrote it down on paper, and they're sharing it with the public. And the full title of the book is Dad's Behaving Dadly, 67 Truths, Tears, and Triumphs of Modern Fatherhood. And these dads are just so proactive and courageous, and they really truly demonstrate that fatherhood is alive and well in America, and that's what we need to fo- start focusing on now. Right, we do. We have to wean away from that. And women out here, you have to stop badgering these guys. If they make a mistake, so what? Let them make that mistake and move on. We have to start running the good guys away, right? Because right. I get tired of I get tired of these guys out here who don't want to take care of their children. Oh, I got another life. I don't care. Or you go and you plan another family with another woman, and then you forget about that you have children over here with Becky or Susie, and they're looking like, what's going on? <laughs> so let's let's not run the good guys away. If you got a good man out there, please keep him. I'm I'm happy I have a husband who takes care of his. You know, he didn't run out. So I'm very thankful because a lot of people would yeah, just we really, love it. Yeah, we really need, really, really need to uh, get the, you know, hopefully what I think uh, well, this book will do, uh, first of all, for the dads, is to get them to come out of their shell and uh, get out of their comfort zone and, and stop the cycle and the pattern that you talk about for, for the few dads that are out there that are struggling. There are lots of role models to follow, and many of them in this book, and you can break that cycle. Even I was, I was raised by a single working mom. And I turn out to be a great dad, and, you know, it's a choice. Just because you had a bad childhood doesn't mean you can't be a great dad. Um, also, from the mom's perspective, I think what, hopefully what they'll read from this book is that um, they un- unknowingly and unintentionally discourage the dads to want to get involved. And what I mean by that is th- we're, we're indoctrinated, like I said earlier, with this idea that the dad isn't capable and also because he does it differently doesn't mean it's wrong moms and dads each contribute their own value unique way of how they parent and we got to allow dads to just be dads and not turn them into moms because we don't we don't we don't mom well (laughs) we dad well and uh you know we're about spreading the dadly love and uh you know the stories in the book range uh, from the uh, the dad going through pregnancy through the infant years, through the toddler years, through the teenage years, uh, all the way to a dad sharing a story about how his daughter was going off to school and he had to learn how to let go. And it was a real struggle for him. Um, that was, he titled it The Pain of Success. You know, he was very right. successful in raising his kid, but then there's the pain that well, I think a lot of moms don't think that dads feel this kind of pain when we do, sometimes we just don't express it in the way that moms want us to. And, again, it's because we do it differently. Right. And I do agree with you on that too, Hogan. Moms can't be dads. Dads can't be moms. You can never replace that, but you do the best that you can because in situations where you lose your spouse, you have to take on that, that role. But yeah. for the ones who still, for the fathers out here who do have sons and daughters, please be in your children's life because while that strong father figure to guide, instruct, and discipline, them boys be lacking. We have so many of our youths right now in jail because they don't have that father figure. And moms mm-hmm. out there who are doing 
their best, I commend you. But let's. We but you know what? We, we, but, but but there are father figures out there. We're not telling these teenager kids who to who to who to model because we're not bringing attention to those right. guys. We're bringing right. attention more to the deadbeat dads. And in in this book, there's there are many dads in this book who talk about the pain of not having a father in their life, emotionally or physically. Right. And also we have dads in here who had great role models, and they struggle to live up to fill those shoes, and that's difficult too. But we have, we have a, a, a several African-American dads here who wrote stories. One of them is Trey Chaney. I don't know if you've heard that, that name sounds familiar, but um, he, he's an actor who played the character uh, Poot on uh, The Wire in the HBO series. He's a singer-songwriter, and he talks – about he uh, familiar the too. What's that? I said his name does sound familiar. I was trying to think of the wire because I remember watching it so long ago. Yeah. I can't keep up. I try to keep up everything. But it, but anyway, he he talks about the miscarriage that he experienced with his wife, and how losing that child helped him become a more involved father to his second child that was born. And um, it's an incredible story. The title is uh, uh, Dad to Be or Not to Be. And he, you know, he was expressing the loss of of the during the miscarriage. And oftentimes, when a woman miscarriages, we really don't give dads an opportunity to share what they're going through because they're taught, well, you're supposed to be there for your wife, and they become this rock, and then nobody addresses their feelings. And they go, this kind of goes on throughout the book, you know. And what's really great about this book is these guys are showing a nurturing, compassionate, sensitive side that is not feminine. It is masculine. Women, we don't have a feminine side. And these guys can still keep their masculinity and show their soft side. It's doable. And that's, I think, what's one of the many amazing things about, about this book. Um, we also have another story from um, a dad who, uh, after the birth of the baby, his wife had medical complications, and so did his child. And the child had to go to a different hospital, and he was sat there having to make a decision to either be with his wife or be with his child. And if you want to know the outcome, you've got to read the book. And then we also have uh, um, stories, uh, funny stories. We have a dad who is teaching his daughter, you know, talk about not trying to uh, put girls in pink outfits or boys with uh, uh, soldiers, you know. Uh, this guy was teaching his daughter how to make furniture. And he also was teaching a five-year-old daughter how to use a nail gun. And the title of the story is Nailing Fatherhood. And the, the, there's a, the, you know, some people would be a little bit skeptical about what are you doing teaching your daughter how to use a nail gun? Well, read the book. There's a real uh, moral behind this whole thing about the, the nail gun becomes a metaphor for him showing his daughter how to, how to be strong. Right. And I'm glad that you do have this book out. So what made you actually want to start doing this after, after your great book that you had, When Divorce Do Us Apart? Well, prior to the Divorce Do Us Apart book, um, I had written uh, four other books on, on parenting and specifically about fathers. And um, my passion started when uh, back in the early 1990s, um, I co-founded a father's uh, support network, uh, one of the first ever in the United States. And um, I also did some expectant dad's classes. And I would get strangers off the street that would come into these classes, and I would give them an opportunity to share their feelings in a very safe and non-judgmental environment. And these guys started sharing intimate details with me that they weren't sharing with their wives. 
And my heart dropped because they were telling me that their home was not a safe place to share their feelings. And I said, I need to do something about this. And that's where the passion started. And um, um, I, I wanted dads to start being more proactive. And you know, nobody argues that the parenting uh, community is mom bias. And what had happened is guys became so submissive that they said, you know, they just kind of surrendered. And like you said earlier, you know, you're not supposed to surrender. You're supposed to fight back. Well, what happened was the guys didn't know how to fight back. And so that's what I'm trying to teach them is that, you know, if you want a father in a friendly environment, you've got to start acting like a friendly father, not only to the moms and to your wives, but one of the things that men have lacked is that they're not even friendly to their own gender. Right. They don't support each other. They don't put their arm around or they don't say, hey, what can I do to help you become a better father? Um, but that's changing, and I'm trying to uh, uh, capitalize on that wave that's going on. This is new generation of dads, and that's why – um, we titled it the way we did, the, the Triumphs of Modern Fatherhood, because today's dads are much more proactive, much more courageous, and this is no disrespect to the dads before us. But today's guys have said, you know, enough is enough. We're tired of the bashing. Don't call us Mr. Mom. Uh, we're not a replacement for mom. Don't call us a babysitter. We're dad. Um, we address that in part two of the book. There are like seven parts. But at that, uh, in part two, we even have working dads that are tired of this Mr. Mom and, uh, uh, label. Uh, when they're involved away from work, um, they're not replacing mom. They're there to do their daddy thing. Right. And the media, the media doesn't do a good job in that. They're so quick to stereotype the guys as bad guys. And they're not bad guys. Like you said, there are plenty of good guys out here who are really trying to strive every day. And they want to be good fathers and husbands, and there's and and there's no place sometimes for them because people isolate them. We want. I think sometimes people we don't off the bad stuff. People get an orgasm just knowing that bad stuff happens. I think so. Nobody wants to do good anymore. If you do good, oh, I have nothing to gossip about. But as long as you do that, I can talk about it all day. I think that's why we rely on most of these reality shows because we know it's trash and we know it's bad. Because yeah. <laughs> if they was, if, if any time they were doing good, half of us probably wouldn't even be watching TV right now. We'd be like, oh, that's boring. Okay, turn channel. Well, <laughs> yeah, good, well, you know what? Good good is not boring. Good can be great. And that's one of the things that right, we're trying yeah. to establish here with this whole Dadly book. And um, since I last talked to you, uh, we actually have some great news. I, uh, we have a wonderful story about, you know, there's an, uh, two other stories in there where dads talk about depression. And both, okay. of, them, uh, yeah, both of them were thinking about committing suicide. And oh, wow. they, they were open to sharing their story. Well, the, the, the whole process of this book, the fact that they shared their story, gave these guys new life not only to want to be better fathers, but now they're, they're on the fatherhood advocate bandwagon. And it's just incredible to see this, uh, this uh, evolution going on just by a couple of dads who submitted stories and the, the self-growth that has come in the last few months just from their participation. So anyway, this dad, Lauren Jaffe from New York, uh, gave a copy of a book to his dad, and his dad mm-hmm. went on a cruise in the Mediterranean. So the book, he's, he's reading the book on the cruise ship in the, on the way to the Mediterranean, and an Australian woman comes over and says, I heard about that book on Kindle. It was recommended. And so uh, Lauren's dad said, well, my son has two stories in this book. And so she proceeded to download the book right then and there on the spot. So the book has already made its way halfway around the world. <laughs> 
And then wow. uh, the other great yeah, – uh, so we're doing a book number two, and uh, we had no dads represented from Atlanta. So now here's your, here's your opportunity, dads. Submit a story. Go to the website, www.dadsbehavingdadly.com. All the guidelines and instructions on there are how to submit a story are there. You can submit up to three stories. Come on, we want to represent Atlanta, man. So get those stories in. And then um, and that's some other great news is Oprah Winfrey uh, has the book in her, um, in her office. And she's no, probably reviewing it. Yeah, oh. so you guys got you guys got to send some uh, some good luck waves our way, and hopefully she'll appreciate the book enough to endorse it, so we can reach out to more dads. And uh, uh, we just uh, uh, verbally uh, signed an agreement. Uh, our verb, we have a verbal agreement uh, to do a dadly book in Australia. See, that's awesome, especially giving your book to Oprah Winfrey like. Oh, I know you're so elated right now. Like that's so exciting, man. Just to get that close, that feels like you're just close to Oprah Winfrey. I could even just, if she wants, <laughs> if she wants me to write some papers for her, I would. Cause that was, that's who really was my role model, my role mm-hmm. model, and her and Monica Pearson, for me to want to become a news reporter. Cause they, you know, she wasn't fed with a silver spoon, and mm-hmm. now she's up here. Uh, being there, and I'm like, wow, you worked hard to get that. That's why when people say negative stuff, I'm like, well, you know, mm. Oprah wasn't free. She worked hard to get to where she is at oh, now. Oh, she did, so, yeah. You know, well, hopefully she'll recognize, she'll recognize what wonderful role models there are out there. Right. And that, you know, uh, as, uh, I, do, I did co-author the book with Al Watts, uh, incredible dad. He's, he's a dad of four kids. He's the president How of the National Adam. Um, actually, um, I was a stay-at-home dad for 20 years, and I helped organize the national, uh, put together the National At-Home Dad Network, and uh, he, he wound up being the president. And uh, I got in a major car accident, um, and um, I had some memory loss, and um, um, I had to go, I was laid up for about seven, eight months, and at, that's when I started conceiving the book, right before the accident. And then I realized this was just such a daunting task for me, given my, my physical condition, that I needed to get a partner. So Al had mentioned to me years ago, prior to um, the conception of the book that he wanted to be an author. And I told him, I said, you know, I need help with this book. Uh, I'd like to help you uh, live your dream. So um, he was so excited that when the book actually was in print and he had one in his hand that he was officially an author. And he's, he's done a wonderful job. Um, as a partner, um, editor, and um, helping me out with the book. Oh, see, that's awesome! I'm glad you two guys met. Yeah, and, you know, the, the, as, as much as much as much as as much as uh, you know, the, as, although Al and I are the authors of this book, mm-hmm. this book really is about the dads in the book. And I hope your real readers, your your audience, will understand that. And that this book really is 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 out of the box. And it's going to change your whole perception of men in a it positive will. in a positive way. It really will. Because people out there don't understand. It's just as hard as it is for a woman. It's hard like that for a guy out here who's really trying. And like I said, we got to take get off their backs. Get off their backs. They're doing the best that they can. I'm glad that you do have this book out. People, please go pick this up. Dad's behaving badly, not badly. You got your 67 truths, your tears, your triumphs of a fatherhood out here. They're really trying. And, and they go through, you go through so much, and we sometimes think that a man is supposed to be so strong. They don't go through postpartum depression or nothing. They, 
they go through they go through PMS just like we do. It's just not like how we go through, but they go through the same symptoms that we go through. So Hogan, I really I'm glad that you are sharing this with us. For the oh, most thank you. Part, uh, you know, I, I would encourage your audience too to go to our Dadly Facebook page and um, join the campaign that we started that fatherhood is alive and well. And right. you know, for the mom, for the for the moms out there, if you see dads in your community, tell them about dads behaving badly. Submit a story. We want them to join the bandwagon. And um, you know, this is really an important time here. Um, and we got to let know that that father true, fatherhood truly is alive and well. And there's so many great role models. And we started. We need to start acknowledging them. Right. We do. We do. Um, so how is the campaign going so far? Oh, it's going great, as you as you, as you can tell. I mean, we, people are. Uh, recognizing the book, we uh, are getting constantly emails from people who um, who are putting reviews up on Amazon.com. Yeah, you can you can purchase the book Amazon.com, Barnes and Noble. You can if you want an autographed copy of the book you, uh, and you want to purchase it as a discount, you can go to the website at www.dadsbehavingdadly.com. Um, and again, all the guys out there. Uh, let your voice be heard. This is an opportunity for you right. to uh, tell, express and show people the true image of fathers out there and uh, the wonderful work that you guys are doing uh, raising kids. Exactly. I, I commend you fathers every single day. And please, the ones out here who still have your father, please honor them. It's, it's very hard. When you don't have yeah. that father fix. Yeah, let me, no, let, yeah, let me make yeah, let me make one other important point is that so the dads is. that have contributed to this book were working dads, at home dads, divorced dads. We've got stories from single dads, we've got stories from stepdads, and we have stories mm. from dads of children with special needs. From every oh, income dude. level, every religion, every ethnic background. Uh, so there's there's a voice for every dad here in this book. And uh, I just want to say to all the dads out there, keep on daddying. And I'm looking forward to seeing your uh, your story in the book. Hogan, this is what I wanted to ask. When you was when you was in the process of writing the book, what made you target all of that? Like you were just saying, the income, different religions. Um, what what brought it to mind? Because fatherhood doesn't discriminate. You know, kids okay. don't care what kind of kids don't care what. They just look at you as dad. And, and the, the example I right. give is that when my kids introduced me. To their friends, they didn't say, "This is my six foot six Brazilian Dutch Indonesian uh, 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 dad with a receding Why? hairline." They didn't put all these adjectives in front. Come on, people! <laughs> you know, they just turn around and say, "This is my dad." They don't say, "This is my right. divorced dad." This is my at-home dad. This is my single dad. This is my whatever dad. And you're just D A D. And guys, you just got to start being proud of the fact that it's okay to behave dadly. And mom, let dads behave dadly. Right. Because we got some low. And while we be focusing on the dads always doing bad, we got low down moms too. So don't yeah. always just put the man out there on front street. Because you women, you women don't be taking care of your business either. And I'm, I, I have witnessed that with a couple of women I hang around and be like, really? Mm-hmm. You just yeah, moms need to act momly and right. dads need to act right. dadly. And then we both need to respect the difference and the values that we bring uh, to our children and also embrace the differences. Exactly. Well, people, I hope you do go out and get his book. Hogan is a great author. His books are really from the heart, so you, you can't get any more realer than that. 
Um, but as I said before, I'm the ones who are responsible fathers and ignore that foolish dad stereotype in our life. Hogan, thank you for coming on to the show and sharing this book, and I wish you so much success in your life. You know I'm waiting on your next book, too. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, you what, if I, if, I, if I do get that call from Oprah, I will definitely contact you. And thanks again for having me on the show. And if you'd like to have me back or my co-author on the show, or actually any of the dads in the book uh, uh, have, uh, have agreed to also be interviewed. So if you really want to okay. get to get, – get, if you really like to have some of those dads on the show, I'm sure they'll do a terrific job for you. Oh, that would be wonderful because that's what I'm going to be doing um, in July. I'm going to have a panel of the single mothers who really put their sweat and blood, just like Kim mm-hmm. Hogan and other single fathers. You know what? That would probably be a better idea, too. Maybe have um, all you dads and maybe mothers on one show. So we'll see how that works out, too. That sounds good. Well, keep up all the great work and keep showing people the bright side of life. Thank you, Hogan. You have a blessed one. You, too. Well, everyone, that was Hogan Hill, and please go out and get the book today or whenever you can. Dad's Behaving Dadly, 67 Truths, Tears, and Triumphs of the Fatherhood. It's an awesome book. Um, I'm glad we're focusing on dads out here. It's it's a wonderful, it, it is, it's a wonderful thing to know that there are some people out here who really are stepping up to the plate. Everyone is not bad, just like every woman is not bad. We just have to seek out. And pray to God that the good ones are still around long enough for us to thank them. But let's not forget, today is Black Music Month. We still have a few more days to go. And as as you know, I did play Bobby Womack, Do You Think You're Lonely Now? But what we're going to do, we're going to take a short commercial break, and we'll be right back. Don't touch that dial. You're tuning in to Blog Talk Radio, the bright side with Technisha. I'm working two jobs, and my husband works two. My kids go to school with your kids. I'm one out of every six Americans, and my family is struggling with hunger. I believe in this country, but it's hard to believe so many Americans have to choose between paying bills and feeding families. Visit feedingamerica.org and find your local food bank. Every dollar you donate helps provide seven meals for those struggling with hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Ranger Station, Ranger speaking. Hi. I'd like to report a bear hug. Uh, okay. Well, before I left my campsite, I was putting out my fire, and out of nowhere, Smokey Bear showed up and hugged me? So you drowned the fire, you stirred it, drowned it again, and felt that it was cold? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. He likes it when people correctly put out their campfires. He's pretty big on wildfire prevention. He's just letting you know you did good. With a uh, hug. He's a hugger. I just got a bear hug from Smokey Bear. (laughs) Status update. All right, I'm going to let you go now. I've got uh, a lot of uh, ranger stuff to do. There are many ways to start a fire, but one sure way to put it out. Learn how you can do your part at SmokeyBear.com. Only you can prevent wildfires. Sponsored by the U.S. Forest Service Ad Council and your state forester.
Yes, I had to hit you with a little Roberta Flack, killing me softly with his song. Great news. Remember the rain, reading rainbow for all you 83 babies out there, such as myself. Um, Seth MacFarlane, he just pledged a $1 million match for reading rainbow reboot. So kudos to you, Seth. That was a great show. It ran from 1983 to 2006. To date, more than 85,0. 85,000 donors have chipped in a combined $4.1 million for the effort. And Matt Farland will match up to $1 million donated between now and the close of the campaign on July 2nd. It is hoped that the, extra, that the extra infusion of cash will expand the series to mobile platforms and enable free access for thousands of additional schools. And the host, LeVar Burton, he shared the happy news in a video statement on the show's Kickstarter page Thursday, calling McFarland's generosity stupendous. Addressing the family guy creator directly, Burton added, you got deep pockets, baby. You got even bigger heart. So I'm glad. I, I grew up on reading Rainbow. Reading Rainbow, I can go anywhere. Take a look, it's in a book, it's reading rainbow, reading rainbow. Uh, um, uh, well, anyway, I'm I'm glad that people like that are doing stuff. You know, not even just him, but the fact that you're bringing this show that brought so much knowledge into people's lives back on earth. So I'm glad. It wasn't said if. They didn't say if LeVar will be hosting it, but um, I will find out more information on that. I don't know if he'll be back hosting it or not, but I hope so. I liked LeVar when he was doing Reading Rainbow. I sure did, besides the fact that he did Star Wars, too. So, you know. Anyhow, let's continue on with our day. The show is not over just yet. Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by FeedThePig.org. Well, I finally did it. I improved my credit score. You're kidding, right? Uh, no. How are we supposed to be the bad boys of electrosynth pop if you're out there being responsible? The band is about to be discovered. This is our year. Uh, yeah, you've been saying that for a while now. You think anyone in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was worried about their credit score? I never really thought that Of we're... course they weren't. Rock stars aren't supposed to think about that kind of stuff. We're supposed to think about how many guitars we've smashed, write aggressively sensitive power ballads, start questionable fashion trends, tragically break up and blame creative differences. All right, all right, just... I thought maybe it was time to take control of my finances, you know? Start using a budget. Get out of debt. Set some goals. A budget? Debt? Set some goals? Listen, I knew that we'd have our creative differences, but I was hoping they'd involve a little more scandal. When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Uh, correction. Thank you, Clarence, for... Clarifying that for me. It was Star Trek. Star Trek, not Star Wars. See, I can't keep up with every little thing. You know, I'm not perfect, but um, I will try. See, I'm already messing it up again. Lord have mercy. I try to keep up with every little thing. But I appreciate it, Clarence. And thank you for listening into my show. See, that means so much to me. I tell you, I love it. I love you guys out there. I really do. Um, but next, I'm going to play a little bit of Big Mama Thornton, Hound Dog. Who remember that little quote today? You ain't nothing but a hound dog. Been snoop around the door. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. Been snoop around my door. 
Yeah, remember, remember those? See, I, I told you I was going to try to take you back as far as I could. Now, if you have any requests, you can hit me up on Facebook. I'm on there now. You can also you can call in at 347-426-3751 if you want to hear any requests. We could play whatever, jazz, cabaret, it doesn't matter. We're, this is Black Music Month, and we're celebrating everybody. Everyone is included on this list. But we're going to play Big Mama Thornton, Hound Dog, and we'll be back after this. You ain't nothing but a hound. wonderful song though but like I said we play all types of music on here I would try not to leave anybody out on the list you know I was just reading about Amy Adams um who played in um she played in America Hustle Enchanted and The Fighter and Man of Steel and how they said that she did a first class move which I commend her on because I try to give you stuff that's so motivating she 
on Friday during a flight from Detroit to Los Angeles, she gave up her prime seat to an American serviceman who was also on the plane. And a, um, somebody replied on Twitter, um, I think it was Jamil Hill, who's the co-host of ESPN's Numbers Never Lie, also. Um, she spoke on that, too. She was she accounted for it, and she just saw she saw Amy Adams do that. And that's that's awesome to really do that for the serviceman. So, again, another kudos for Amy Adams for doing that all the way. She said that she glanced the soldier's way, and then she said something to the person she was traveling with. And once we boarded, she saw she was in first class, and I was, oh, it's just it's just amazing that people, you think because people live on a certain level or you think maybe they're up there or above everybody else that they don't have a heart. But obviously there are still some people out here who does have a heart. I'm lost for words, and I really, I'm, I'm thanking her. I'm sure your Facebook fan page is going to be awesome now that you did that. But anyhow, we're going to keep continuing on because the show is not over just yet. It sure isn't because you on Blog Talk Radio with the girl, Technicia. That's right, baby. Mm-hmm. We're going to be right back after this on Blog Talk Radio. Don't touch that dial yet. This message is for all of you sitting in the passenger seat. And apologies if it gets a little uncomfortable, but how does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text is more important than your life? Someone who takes their eyes off the road while speeding along in a three-ton hunk of steel. Freaky, right? Well, why not just ask them to stop? Or better yet, volunteer to text for them. It might be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Did you just look down at your phone? You did it again, didn't you? You know, you're flying down the road in a three-ton hunk of steel, and a text takes your eyes off the road for an average of five seconds. At 55 miles per hour, that's long enough to travel the length of a football field and cause some serious damage. Turn it off. Trust me. Whatever it is, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Yeah. Hey. Yeah.
trying to chase me? You got an ass so fat, let's make a baby. And another one. Damn, I'm smoking weed in my Mercedes. Hold up, these niggas broke, these niggas late. Man, they money slim, they acting shady. I'm in my brand new car, who wanna race? Hold, bitch, you ain't come up on, so why you showing up? Shots on my niggas, they loaded up. Man on the low, all these hoes be acting so material. Hold on, man, did you see her interior? Hold on, we the Alright, our time is almost over. Y'all don't know nothing about this right here. So I'm talking about Black Music Month is off the chain. And don't forget, BET Experience is coming up this weekend. That's going to be hot, baby. I'm talking about hot artists all over the map. I wish I could be there with them celebrating, be up in the front row. Now, Beyonce and Jay-Z. But my time is almost over. Well, it is quite over with. But um, it was it was nice being here with you guys today. I appreciate you, Clarence. You my folks for tuning in, listening, correcting me on what I said. I don't mind at all, not at all. But um, it really is an honor to really have good friends on your team who really supports you so much. And you can't you can't ask for more than that. You know, it doesn't get any better. Um. Uh, tomorrow, I will be interviewing Andrea Porter. She is the author of To Hell With Love, a which is a Christian fiction novel that addresses real issues and provides real solutions for using fictional characters. Um, so we'll be talking about how to handle rejection, rejection gracefully, how to heal from a broken heart, how to jumpstart your self-esteem after leaving a toxic relationship circumstance, all that. And she is a seasoned relationship author with three successful novels under her belt, so I hope you do tune in. But today I want you to be happy. Go out and be prosperous. And look, love your father and your mother today. If you haven't told them you love them, please do so now. It don't take it should have to take one day out of the month for you to honor your father and mother. Do it right now. Do it for the ones out there who really don't have a father or mother. Because it, it doesn't take much to just lose someone in a second. So do that for me. Do it for yourself. But you stay safe. You stay blessed. Thank you for tuning in today. Thank you for tuning in to The Bright Side with Tanisha. Come back daily from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. God bless.